It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. I just have a few items of business to take care of before we dive into today's episode. The first thing is that I want to give a huge shout out, a huge thank you to my new sponsors. They are Jolene over at Ranch Girl Gear, um, Rooted Reflections Photography, and Jake Hershey. All of them can be found on Instagram. Jolene with Ranch Girl Gear, you can just you can look up Ranch Girl Gear on Instagram and it should come on. But she has the cutest little Western boutique. You'll definitely want to check that out. Um, Rooted Reflections Photography. She does a great job at capturing the Western way of life. And we're excited to have her as a sponsor. Also, Jake Hershey. He does custom leather work. Anything from wallets, belts, head stalls. Um, and you can also check him out on Instagram. Um, I'm so grateful for these sponsors. They're the ones that make it possible for me to travel to the next interview, and I really appreciate their support. So head over, look them up on Instagram, um, and give them a little bit of support as well. I also still have a couple sponsorship spots available. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can send me an email at cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And like always, if you know someone you'd like to nominate to be interviewed, you can also send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. I'm always open and and excited when I get an email from you guys nominating somebody else. So if you've been listening along and you've thought of somebody who would be great for me to talk to, feel free to send me an email. Also, as you go along and you listen to these podcasts and you listen to these stories, if you have thought of a question that you would like to ask one of these guys that I could ask in future interviews, please email me that question as well. And like I said, I'm, I love feedback. I'm open to feedback and I really appreciate it. So thank you for everyone who has supported me and gave me feedback and, and everything so far. It's really got us to where we are right now. But with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Um, in this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down and visit with Link Bundy. And Link was born in Fredonia, Arizona, but he has been all over the place working at different ranches, different big outfits, and he definitely understands what it what it takes to be a good cowboy. And I'm excited for you guys to hear hear this interview. So with that being said, let's dive into it. Like I said, thanks for agreeing to let me come and visit with you for a little while. You bet. 
I usually just like to start off by having people talk a little bit about their childhood and the reason why they wanted to get into agriculture. Yeah, you know what? I don't ever remember a day that I decided I wanted to be in agriculture, but my, my dad always had some cows. Uh, well, they actually wasn't his. He, he took care of a bunch of cows for a guy, uh, you know, ever since I can remember. And, uh, but just the cowboy was always my hero. You know, I just, it just seemed like they, they had the life, you know, they, and, and ended up doing a lot of that work. I I realized it's not, it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Uh, you know, of course you, you get paid to do it and you need to, but, uh, you know, there's a, I know a lot of people that have done it for free and I did it for free for a while when I was a kid and, and probably needed to cause it wasn't worth paying. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I can't, I guess I really can't remember as a kid saying, well, that's what I want to be. I, maybe I always thought I was going to be a cowboy, you know, or, or be in agriculture of some kind. Uh, so the, 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 the final moment I, I don't remember, but um I always liked cows, I always liked horses. Um, you know, and I'd I'd see cowboys in town or or uh, pass them on the road and you know, they just it was just always something something I wanted, you know. They 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 were somebody to look up to, I guess. Yeah. Uh who were some of those people that you looked up to? Oh, there, you know, there's, there's, there was quite a few of them when I was a kid, uh, you know, the, around here, you know, I, I never got too far from Fredonia where I grew up, but, uh, for a long time until I got old enough to leave and then I left, but, but, uh, you know, here, you know, the, the Joneses and, uh, you know, there was at the two mile, uh, you always seen them guys you know, once in a while coming through town and had trailers full of cattle and horses and looked like they looked like they've been working hard, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, just, just cowboy and, 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 uh, David Johnson and them guys over there on the cane, Dustin Weaver, you know, them, them guys rolling through here and you'd see them every now and again. And, and, uh, you know, you just, I don't know what it was to me, you know, I, they they just looked really neat, you know, something I wanted to do. It just, I always had a draw to it, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it, there was, and there was a lot of, a lot of guys through here that helped the two mile and the cane bowls that I might not remember their names, but I'm sure I've seen them, you know. But, yeah. But uh, they, those were the two main, and then, and then, uh, I'm kind of the younger part of the family, and so my sisters, they both married married into uh, ranching families, and uh, and I, I got to help both brother-in-laws, the Littles and the Buttons, both on, on their deals. And uh, so that was a little more exposure when I was young. Yeah. So where was that kind of your first opportunity to help people was when your sisters married into that or did you help people before that to, to help other people you know uh I, of course i we you know growing up we i helped help my dad you know as far back as i can remember and i, I can't remember back real far but <laughs> but uh you know i grew up helping my dad and but th- then when my sisters married off then 
they, they were probably the first people I helped in agricultural wise, you know, other than my, my, my dad. And then I day worked a lot, you know, and just as soon as I got old enough, you know, and right before and in high school, I, I helped a lot of people around, yeah. around this area. Was yeah. that just to gain more experience or was that, did you just want to do as much of it as you could? I, I yeah, you know, I, I really want to do as much of it as I could. I, you know, I, I, I craved it. Uh, it was, it was something I really liked and, uh, and really for a, a kid of my age then, you know, from 13 to growing out of high school, there wasn't a whole lot of other jobs really around here, you know, that that didn't require some knowledge of, of, of learning how to do it. Uh, I did, I did have done other jobs, but, but it seemed like it was the easiest place to go to, to get work. You know, and, and like I said, when I was young, I never expected to get paid. You know, they give you lunch and a Coke and, and a thanks, <laughs> you know, but and probably wasn't worth more than that. But but uh, learned a lot. Learn, learned a lot of, about cows and, and people and, and horses and, and all kinds of things. It it uh, It was a good place to grow up. Yeah. That's awesome. And a, a lot of people that I have talked to have talked about the family deals that they've started out on and stuff too. And some of them have stuck around and stayed in the family deal that they have going on and others tend to leave and kind of get out of the family deal. So did you ever think that you would kind of do the same thing your dad did or did you want to do something else? Um, You know, my, my, my dad, he, you know, he took care of them cows when I was younger for that guy, but uh, that that wasn't my dad's life. He, you know, he done other things, and uh, and then you know, like my brother-in-laws and that, you know, that that's pretty much what they do. But uh, and then day working around here, that like the biggest reason I left out and and went other places was. It was too small here, you know. There, there's uh, as far as trying to maybe inherit a ranch or, or, or you know, in your family's footsteps, or just stay where you're at and go on with the cows and, and get older. There, there, that wasn't. It wasn't big enough for me, you know. That wasn't there. Uh, and you know, like up here in this country, it's a little different, you know. The the government controls a lot of it uh it it so it, it it tends to make them ranchers or the ranches quite a bit smaller you know mm. maybe not in acres but in cow numbers and if you don't have the cow numbers you you don't have the work you don't have the help you know it and uh, so around here like is the acreage and everything there to be able to run more but yeah, the government's limiting the numbers yeah, it, it's yeah it is you know like I have a place of my own now, uh, down south that, you know, I, I have 30,000 acres, you know, and I run 300 cows. Uh, and it's tough. It's hard, you know, um, and, and it's all BLM, 
but if I had to take that BLM and move it up here for the acreage, they wouldn't let me run near the amount of cows. That's interesting. Uh, and that's in Kingman. And that is in Kingman, yeah. And and you know, I you know I run her to a limit. Uh, I might even push it a little too far. You know, it would run 250 cows, 225, real comfortable and droughty years like this. So not, this is the first year that I have fed my cows uh, supplement. You know, I don't, other than salt, I feed my cows salt all the time, but it's been droughty for three years now down there, and uh, there just ain't much left. So this is the first year that I fed my cows. I've owned the ranch for four years and I managed it for four years before that, before I bought it. And I've never fed them cows except for this year. Wow. And they're the, they're the same cows that were, when I went to work for that guy that I bought it from, uh, it was open, didn't have a cow on it. He bought it with no cows, hadn't had cows on it for several years. And so I bought the cows for him to put on there and and I ended up buying them myself, but so they're the same cows. It's not, it's not that I bought a different set of cows and they just can't do as good as the ones before. They just, it's just drafty, you know. And I think a lot of people are in that situation this year. Oh, it's horrible. It's it's, it is horrible this year, but uh, and I do know one thing that's a little different down there than there is here. You know, if you're talking about cow numbers and what the government will do to you on on what you can run cows per acre or section or what have you, you know we, like down there we got it's rated for 10 cows a section and there's a lot of places up here that's four to six to eight you know or, or maybe even worse than four but down there you tend to have more browse and uh browse usually packs a lot of punch it has a lot of protein in it and so it'll allow you to run some more cows now I say that they got me rated at 10 cows per section down there, and it'll really only run eight. You know, I do run 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's just because it helps pay the bills. But but uh, that that's a little bit of the difference. But that's the biggest reason I, I left here. It was uh, just a little too small for me. I needed to go out and and, and, and see a little bigger aspect of it you know so when you left here where were some of the places that you went and day worked well uh i didn't day work for a long time when i left here i went right to work uh the first place actually that when i left home would have been for your dad that's the first place that that's the first cowboy job i ever had i guess away from home um and worked there a couple of years the first time i didn't know that <laughs> and uh yeah you were you were awful small then i remember you being there i just didn't know that was like the first place that you <laughs> yeah that <laughs> <went>. <laughs> that that was the that, that was the first cowboy job leaving home i i worked for the cane here when i was in high school uh, that was the first real cowboy job i had the cane ranch on the on the Kaibab Mountain and then on the on the House Rock Valley down there, where where they wintered. That that was my first cowboy job. But the the one from home was was for your dad there in Escalante. And uh, <clears throat> and then uh, when I left there, I went south, went to 
St. John's, Arizona, Eastern Arizona there. Was there about three years. And it that country's a lot like this. It's it's more of a grass country. There wasn't a whole lot of, of browse and, and stuff there. Like, a lot of sandy country, easy, easy traveling kind of country. And what was the outfit that you worked for down there? Um, it was the Johnsons owned it. Travis Johnson and his dad, Jeff, owned that ranch. And uh, I believe it was the old Platte Ranch is what they called it before they bought it. It was pretty good size. I, I don't know, acreage-wise, I can't remember, but I know they run about 3,000 mama cows when I went to work there. And uh, I worked there about three years, a little over three years, I think. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you got enough time. I've been everywhere <laughs> since then. I've got a lot of time. I've <laughs> uh, been all over Arizona. And whether I was day working or full time or or what have you, I, I've, I've been a lot of places there. But you were at the Diamond Day for a little while. Too, I was. I was. I was there for almost three years. <clears throat> I uh, I tell you what. I I, I worked there at uh, St. John's for the Johnsons for about three years, and when I left there, I come back home, and uh, I went back to work for your dad. For a little while, almost a year. Uh, I don't know. He, he'd probably remember more than me how long it was, but uh, it was just for a little while. And then I come back home and I mechanic for a while for my brother-in-law, uh, diesel mechanic. And uh, I did that for, I think it was about six or eight months and I was going crazy and he could tell. <laughs> and... Uh, the cane ranch and the two mile ranch had had changed hands and uh the grand canyon trust had bought them both and i was just mechanicking and going crazy I had a herd of horses sitting down there at my dad's place getting fat and lazy and and i heard of good cow dogs and i was going kind of stir crazy and 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 dan button my brother-in-law he could he could kind of tell it and anyways uh he he hooked me up with jr jones and uh, and me and Jr. went to cleaning both them ranches. They they changed hands and they were selling all the cattle off, and kind of getting it straightened back up to to do other things. But uh, and that's the first time I ever went to work for Jr. I you know I know Jr. since I was a little kid or didn't really know him but knew who he was. I kind of looked up to him here. I did, yeah, uh, I, I really did, and. Uh, First time I ever went to work for him right there and and it was just me and him for a for a lot a lot of the time uh when whenever we was cleaning them ranches off and bo- and both ranches you know they're rough and and they'll have their little pockets of of uh some wild cattle you know or some rank cattle and uh we did we me and him we got a lot of work done. And, and with our dogs, you know, he had he had some good dogs, and and I had some fair to midland dogs, and his dogs made mine better. But uh, so we did a lot of work, just me and him. Uh, some some of my favorite times right there was uh, I learned a lot, learned a lot from him. And then when we'd hit or locate bigger bunches, than he figured me and me and him could handle. Uh, We'd wait to the weekend, and and his his two boys would come help us, and uh, we got we got a lot done. 
but uh that that was that was a good i was ready to go back to cowboy and i was i was plumb <laughs> done with the mechanic in and, and what have you but uh what were some of the things that you learned from him boy i i learned a lot there and and you know what kind of going back on the learning we're learning part there was uh I had a lot of good guys around me or worked for a lot of good people and and had a lot of a lot of good people to start with. I wished that I'd met when I was a little older. You know, I, I met a lot of them real good hands when I was a little too young to pay attention. Oh yeah. You know, I was a little wild and maybe <laughs> maybe thought I knew a little more than I did. Yeah. You know, and that tends to make you not really pay attention to what what you're being taught, you know, and uh, your dad won, you know, I wished I'd have been older when I went to work for your dad. Uh, I learned, a, I would have took in a lot more. I learned a, a ton, uh, but just was a little, just a little too young and dumb, I guess, to, <laughs> to take it all in. And, 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 you know, all the way through there for a long time, heck, I was plumbing my mid 20s or maybe close to 30 when I really started paying attention uh but going back to 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 working for JR on them on them rank cattle uh I learned a lot learned I learned how to 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 read a cow a lot you know maybe maybe to be a lot more patient on on the situation uh and kind of read them and kind of see what, you know, is that what you mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fast pace. It's a real fast paced deal to, to handle them kind of cattle, but you kind of have to handle them slow. Uh, it, it's, it's really hard to explain, but you, you got to be there before they know it. But if, if you're, if you're too wild, you're going to make them worse. So it, you know, it, and, and to me, not, and in my older years, you know, even now, I get around some of them good guys that are really good on rank cattle. That for a for a guy looking from the outside in, you think that they're they're slow and have no idea really what's going on. But it it always amazes me how they're in the right spot at the right time. And 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 Jr. was always there. Uh, you know, it just. And you know, I was, man, I, I don't know, I'd have to do some calculating, but it was, it had to have been 2004 or, or five, maybe, maybe 2003 when I went to work for him. I, I can't remember right in there, but, so I'd have been in my, my mid twenties, uh, you know, and I, I don't know how old he was, but to me, he was an old man, you know, and, but you couldn't tell it a horseback you know, he was where he needed to be and he more more times than not, he was where he needed to be and coaching me to be where I needed to be. Uh we had a lot of stingy cows back then, you know, us just me and him and, and them dogs. Well uh, had a had a lot of fun. Dang it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh I'm sure, you know, <clears throat> I always thought growing up and looking back now that the guys that I learned from probably forgot more about a cow than I know, you know, really, uh, I wish I could do it over again. 
with, with a little different mindset to to learn everything that was learnable. You know, I learned a lot. Not not saying I didn't, but yeah, uh, I squandered a lot of that that time because I was, you know, I I was just kind of living the moment and going blow and forget about it. But uh, so would that be your advice to anybody starting out now or from oh, well, out yeah. to anyone? Uh, yeah, uh, you know. I worked around a lot of people. I, I've been on, you know, get on them big outfits. You got ten to fifteen guys working with you every day for months, uh, living with them in teepees and close. You know, what I mean, and uh, there there ain't anybody that I've ever been a horseback with that I didn't learn from, good or bad. Uh, it, it's always learning experience. I mean, you. You might look over and say, "Well, I ain't ever gonna do that," <laughs> you know, or, or man, heck, I never seen it that done that way, and it's pretty handy. And, and you know, whenever you're around a critter, to, in my mind, whenever you're around a, it, don't matter a horse or a cow or, or anything. You, there ain't just one way, because, you know, all kinds of cows, they just like humans or horses. They all they all think different you know so i mean there there ain't one way there there's one way that works a lot of the time maybe even 90 percent of the time but sometimes you might do a whole lot different and and get it done and get it done right and smooth and clean and quiet and and everybody's good you know so there ain't never any time that you can't learn from somebody whether it's right or wrong you're still learning i like that uh, I, I've been around a lot of people that that come from most of them, and some of them not, but most of them usually come from out of state, and, and uh, they probably don't have a place around a cow. But you, you, I still learn something somewhere from them. I, I really do, uh, and I think I realizing how much I I probably didn't learn when I was a kid because I was a little bit closed minded. When I got older, uh, I really started paying attention to what people did. To you know whether it, I didn't like it or I did, I I just really paid attention because uh, I I realized what I probably lost. And some of them guys that I rode with before either are not here or, or old enough now that they don't do a whole lot of it and. And that way of life or that way of handling a cow might just get lost. You know, uh, really, it, it moves really fast. I hope it doesn't. I, I hope, hope it doesn't either. And and that's what I told myself when I got older. I said, man, I, you know, I realized, well, man, I, I, I've seen them old timers do that. Why, why didn't I really pay attention? Because now I'm by myself and thinking, I know that old timer did this, and, and I can't remember right exactly how he did it, and you'll fumble through and have a wreck or two and, <laughs> and finally figure it out and probably do it the same way they did it. But how easy it would have been if you'd have really paid attention. Yeah. You know, and, and some of them old timers ain't around no more. And, uh, you know, I I worked a lot of places that, that did it. A, I, I, I've seen one extreme to the next. I've seen <laughs> just a greasy sack outfit that would just get by and don't give no shots don't 
throw your calves together and get them in a bundle. And I mean, just just ranch and just do it rough. And then I've seen people go the other way that will, will uh, take them all in. When even when they brand them as little bitty babies, give them all kinds of shot near tags and brand them all up. And it takes five minutes to brand one calf. <laughs> and and I mean, just go give them every shot that they can invented in the world and and then turn around and wean them and, and do it again two more times before they even sell them you know and and you know I, i've i've seen both ways of that and uh to me in in the rougher part of the country i mean you you, you get places that are easy that are, you could see 500 cows from your porch back east you know in oklahoma texas you know that can really run a lot of numbers on on nothing and they're set up to be able to handle them cows every day and do, and do easy things like that. But, but like where I'm at, you know, man, if you're lucky, you see her twice a year. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. There's lots of water. Whether you, I mean, you, you wouldn't think it. You drive down there in that desert and you think, man, it's dried up. But there's a lot of live water. There's a lot of springs that hide cattle in the mountains. And it's just not, it's just not feasible to do it that way. And so before you know it, you look around and you're you're doing it like them old timers did in eighteen hundreds, to a point, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I think they get more out of a cow than we do nowadays when we we just try to push too much, you know. And a lot of them, I can't, you know, going back to them outfits that I've worked that that have gave a lot of shots and 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 did this and that. That that goes deeper than the rancher, you know. I mean, they might have contracts on calves from feedlots or buyers or something that require this, this, and that, and they get ten cents more here, or there, you know, or they claim. So, I mean, I I don't. I, it's not that I'm really cussing the shots and stuff, but I guess I guess what I say, if it works where you're at, you do it. Yeah. If it doesn't. You you might have to do something different, so there's not learning from everybody is is always a plus. Yeah, from somewhere you're you're, you're going to pick it up, and, and and it's going to show up in your outfit sooner or later somewhere. You're going to be say, "Well, by golly, I've seen that before," <laughs> you know. And and uh, so, do you think working for all the different places that you have has that been really beneficial to you now? Oh that you man, have your yeah, own deal going it, absolutely. I, and like saying, I wished I would have paid more attention. Um, and there's there's a lot of there's a big difference there, you know, because uh, most of the places I ever went, I was a cowboy or maybe the third in line on on Boston, you know. So, like them big outfits, uh, you know, like them cowboys, they don't know absolutely zero about the business side you know all, all you know about is gathering them cows and getting them behind a semi truck to load them that that's really all you you know i mean unless unless you're motivated to want to know more but that's that's, that's your job that's, that's what you're hired to that, do. That's, that's it that's what you, and, they, and they don't even want to tell you about no more of it <laughs> You know, all, all they want you to do is get them cows and them pins and 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 be ready to weigh them and load them on the truck. They don't they don't care if you know the prices or 
or or why they're sorting cows off, you know, that that don't that don't fit the load. They they don't, you know, that like the bosses or the owners, they don't they don't care. You know, and as a cowboy, I didn't care neither. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I just ready for the day to be over. Uh <laughs> hated hated the pens. Uh slow and all day and doing nothing seemed like, you know. So what was your favorite part of working for different people? It's, Not the pens. Seeing seeing the country, you know, uh learning a little different way of handling a cow. And and ever every country to me is different. Like and I I've cowboyed New Mexico, just a touch in Texas, Arizona all over, Utah. And it always seems like when the country starts changing different, the cowboying changes a little. And it's because it needs to. Uh, Is there one particular part of the country that you liked the way they did things better than the other? uh, The rougher the better to me. uh, I don't know. I guess I got this little touch of, and and maybe maybe it'll end up when I get older that, It'll be different, but as of right now, from when I was a kid till now, even still now, and and, and I'm older and and slower, but I, the rougher the better. Uh, I like fast cattle. I like rough country, um, and to me, if it's rougher, you don't get to see it all. So it seems like you're kind of seeing country for the first time ever you know it ain't you know i mean there's yeah. been a lot of guys there's been a lot of horse tracks cow tracks over way before i ever come around uh but at least you don't see a four-wheeler track there yeah um and once in a while you see a person track you know hiking <laughs> but in a lot of places not uh it's so rough and and far away was it you that I feel like I heard a story once that you, you'd been somewhere that was really rough and you couldn't really open up your horse. So when you'd got back somewhere else, uh, yeah, was that you? Yeah. Do you that, want to tell that story? Uh, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd been in Southern Arizona for a while and, uh, man, I, I'd been on, I've been on a place that you probably wouldn't even lope a horse for a quarter of a mile. Maybe not even trot it that far. Gosh. Uh, so rough, rocky, uh, real slow, but cattle are fast. Um, really good horses there. W- would blow your mind uh, how they could get around. Um, so, like, to catch cattle there, it was uh, like a three-jump through a loop. If you missed it, she's probably gone. Gosh. Because if you didn't catch her... If you run her down through there far enough that she would slow down where you could catch her, you probably wouldn't have no horse left. Uh, rough, dirty, rough, and and I'd been down there a while, and I I think I was just up here visiting one time. The story I think you're think you're thinking about, but uh, come visited a friend of mine, and he was riding some colts right here in town. I'd cowboyed with him for a lot lot of years, and. I was just visiting. Anyways, he was riding some colts. I was just up here messing around, and he says, "Well, I got to go ride some colts today." And I said, "Well, I'll ride one." And we we pulled we hauled him up there to the sand dunes, right here, the coral pinks outside of Canab, just north. And uh, 
we got us a little horse race and that's the first horse race i'd been in in years and that's the fastest I ever, and it was just colt, pisshead colts that couldn't run. They don't even know how to run yet. <laughs> but it was just a tear faster than a lope, and it was for a long time. Like, you could give one out running, and I hadn't done that in a long time. And not, and not had the feet and the legs broke off of them, you know, because it's so rough. It, it, I kind of felt like a little kid. <laughs> I, I was, we was racing, I was laughing, and, and uh. We we got done. It's Dusty Caster's his name, and uh, we got back to the picket, and he says, "What in the world is your deal? He's acting like a little schoolgirl, laughing and giggling <laughs> around while we was running out through there on on them coats." And I says, "Man, I ain't run like that in a long time." And uh, you know, it's been probably at least two or three years since I opened one up really for a ways. You know, I mean, like saying you. There, I was at the ROs then, just between Prescott and, and Wiki up out there in, in the desert, rough, rocky, just a mean piece of country, and you you never run a horse there. You just, you couldn't. I mean, I mean, they would, and you could, but like saying, you wouldn't have much left when you were done, and, and for a short distance. You, you handled them cattle real tight, real close. It was brushy, really brushy, uh, Cedar trees, pinyon trees, and oak brush, horrible, thick. Uh, so you handled them cows real tight, uh, little bitty bunches at a time, throw them in a holdup, and then just make little circles around there, jumping cattle. And, you know, like you jump five, ten cows at, at a time, that's a lot. You, you'd work a lot. There was, heck, there was 6,000 cows there when I was there. Wow. But uh, you wouldn't work real big bunches at a time. During the day, during drive, you just couldn't handle it. Um, so you never, like saying, you never, some of the best horses in the world I ever rode was right there at that ranch, and they raised them. But, and do you think that was because of the roughness of the country? Yeah. Did that make them more sure-footed? Oh, a- a- absolutely. More? They they were born and raised there. I've seen, I, I took horses there uh, that were, some of the best horses that I ever owned that I ever rode and I took there and and they they was far behind the the good ones there uh they and I'd been through some rough country they they'd kind of been raised in somewhat rough country but nothing like there it was it was totally different um that you know they had a hard time performing to their ability because they just wasn't used to it and yeah. you know, and I was there for <clears throat> five or six years, and they got used to it. You know, uh, got around better, but it, it, it's different. And 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 it's it's different now. I've been back to that place, day working and messing around, and uh, they got a lot of outside horses in there now. They try to change their breeding a little bit, and uh, and it shows. They for the better, or no, do you for think the worse, really. It's, for far worse, you know, they, uh, what we used to call, they got town horses, uh, when I was there, they, they don't have much bone, don't have much feet, uh, don't have no feather on their legs, which is a lot of hair down on the ankle that usually, you know, if they got some feather on the leg, they usually got bone and some big feet, uh, and can handle a pounding. Like they need to there. And the older ones used to be able to do that. They did. Uh, do you remember what the breeding was? What? Uh, you know, it, it surprised me. 
what the breeding was, but they they started out with some foundation horses. You know, they like a lot of their brood mares back. You know, was Driftwood Hancock, but they they got a real good line of Peppy Sand Badgers in there, and but they were older. They were Peppy Foundation Peppies, like right out of Peppy. Mm. Was this was there was the studs that were there were sons out of the regular old Peppy and uh, man them horses uh, would blow my mind they I've never I've never seen so much cow and so much ranch bred into a horse than them you know and and to me you know that Peppy he was. He was a heck of an all-around horse, but they cut it on him a lot, you know. And, and to me, when when they come from a cutting foundation, I'm thinking of a little bitty old tiny horse that weighs maybe a thousand when they're big, <laughs> you yeah. know, and small bones. But that's this that's nowadays. See, when Peppy was the original, he was way back, you know, mm-hmm. and he was still big, bigger than nowadays as a cutter, you know. Um, and they had that old line in there and then, and then they got some, what they kind of call a remount, a thoroughbred cross mare, and they would breed that peppy to them thoroughbreds. And they, they was a little stingy when they was colts, <laughs> but really tough. I mean, absolutely tough wind and legs and stamina. I mean, just go hard, uh, it, them and and I and I tell you what I missed out uh I seen the tail end of them really good horses that were raised there like some of them horses were 25 years old still working wow when I went there and I mean still throw your head back running two cattle and that like the same they only got maybe 20 yards to catch a cow and they'd still 25 years old in a rock pile still going uh and you know, from then on, them them horses got a little weaker and, and a little sorry. But horses change with the the attitude of the people. Uh, like back, you know, back then, them cowboys they didn't mind a little rougher kind of horse that might buck in the morning, maybe even buck at night, you know. But <laughs> but had a lot of bottom. But nowadays we're getting a little softer. We don't like that, you know. So they bred that out. But when they bred that out, they bred a lot of heart. They bred a lot of feet. They bred a lot of bone out of them horses. Um. It, it to me, as as a rancher of, of buying a, a horse for the ranch that I want to hold up, it's kind of tough. I you know I have my little nicks and places that I know where I can go to get them. Because they still got some old foundation horses around, but but just as far as going to the public, man, you're nine times out of ten you're going to have one that's crippled in a year, you know, and they, and, and like their minds and and the their ability might be way up here, but to be able to to handle the pressure of the pounding and the rocks and the brush and it's not there. But like saying, that's just, they're just evolving. But to me, they're going down, you know, but to, in their world, they're going up, you know, like put them in the arena or put them in the pens or something. I mean, shoot them. Like I've got on cutters nowadays that are three years old that are got 30 days on them. 
and they know more about working a herd inside of a pen than I do, that I've been at it for years. But you stick them outside and you're afoot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's different. And, you know, and I, like, my place is, it's a little old straight up and down rock pile. It's, they got to be tough. Uh, so if we back up just a little bit, how, how did you get to where you are now and having your own place and running your own place oh, versus day work? That's a long time. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it, and it was just pure luck that I got my own place. Uh, I always wanted one until I got one and I didn't want one no more. <laughs> but you know what? As, as punching cows from a kid, uh, all the way through to day work or full time, it didn't matter. Punching cow, <clears throat> that was your goal. You you wanted to be the best hand you could be, but you was always wanting your own place. Because when you're behind the scenes, when you're gathering all the cows and you take them to the owner, and they put them on a truck, and they do all their sortings and vaccinations, and as a cowboy, you're thinking, man, them guys are idiots. You know, why are they doing all this, this and that and the other? Because you don't know the business side of it. You you really don't. Uh, When I got into it, it it blew my mind how hard it was to try to make a dollar off of a cow. And, uh, but as a cowboy, that wasn't your deal. I mean, you you didn't really care. You got a paycheck either way. Got a paycheck, you know. and and the more cows you could gather in the biggest piece of country was even better. Uh, so you didn't ever think of why they were doing that. You just thought that they were born with the money and they bought a cow ranch and 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 they're oblivious to what they're doing. But they're they're not. I mean, you get some people that are. I mean, I've met some guys that do some weird things, and and I don't think it really works for them. But but until you get to the others, to the cowman side of things, uh, you just think if if you can raise a cow and she has a calf, you can brand it and you can wean it. You're making money, but that but that ain't so, you know. And and uh, and like me, like me nowadays, you know, I, I like to have a good hand around to help me. But. If if I was if they're as green as I was and would run cattle around and chouse them and rope them and lead them home and I mean there's cattle that you have to do that too but there's a lot of cows that get that that don't need it <laughs> just because you got a little green eyed guy around that that thinks that that's cowboying and, and really it's not yeah in in, in the in the when you want to lay it down and look at it it, it is not you know what I mean. Anybody can run one till she slaughters down and put a loop on her neck, you know, and say, hey, I caught a cow, but you're five miles from the pickup and got a smoked cow and a wore out horse and now you're stuck. Can't do nothing. And you might even run the calf out of her, you know, but, but yeah, it, man, there's a, there's a big gap between a cowboy and, and, and a, and a rancher, uh, and I didn't realize that for a long time. And, and I feel sorry for them guys I worked for when I was younger. <laughs> because 
<laughs> the wilder the better to me, you know, and then and I even like a little stingy cow now, but if I need to make a dollar off of her, she better be awful gentle. And you better bring her in nice and easy. <laughs> nice and easy. You know? Uh, that concludes part one of our interview with Link Bundy. Stay tuned for part two. It'll be released soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you.